Hey there, welcome to the Ketchup Corner, the podcast where we sit down once a week to discuss the latest pop culture and entertainment media topics. I'm your host, Cameron Tyler. Let's catch up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Catch-Up Corner. Happy Friday. I hope you're so excited to catch up today. I know I am. I feel like this is the week that we've been waiting for, the day that we've been waiting for all summer. And if you know what I'm talking about, you probably have plans tonight or today. Um, But if you don't know what I'm talking about... Um, I'm talking about, it's Barbenheimer weekend, people. It is, it is Hollywood's time to shine this summer. But, before we get into that, let's catch up just a little bit, one-on-one. You know I gotta talk about myself a little before I get into what's going on in the pop culture world. Um, so, I stopped this train to talk about myself, but really there's not much to say. Um, I've just been hanging out at home, chilling with my parents, watching TV. Um, me and my mom have been catching up on a show that has been pretty good. I've started and gotten invested in a brand new show that I've never watched before. Um, so I'm excited to tell you guys about that too. I've been doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of homework, unfortunately. Um, but it is going good. It's been pretty chill week or two, um, and I'm having a good time. Um, if you noticed, there wasn't an episode last week. I didn't really address it, um, but it was just kind of an unplanned missed week just because I was set to record on Thursday, but I ended up being out of town for an extra day that I didn't plan for. So I didn't have time to record. I was out of town on Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday and Friday. So there was just no time to record the podcast and get it up. But I hope you are not too upset about that because we're back now and we have much to talk about. Um, But yeah, I'm doing good. I am almost finished with my summer classes, which is awesome. Um... But one of my summer classes for my thesis. And so once summer classes end, I will still be working and drafting my thesis. Um, Just been working on all of the research elements and um, getting that stuff ready. Getting IRB approval. Getting everything into these online systems. And I'll be finishing that up this week. And after that, it will be time to start drafting um and if you're interested um my pop my podcast my thesis gosh is on um social emotional learning in the classroom in english in mississippi um so i'm working on that um most of the time um and for the rest of my summer i'll be working on that um and yeah I just, I've got to get it mostly drafted before I start student teaching, which I'm really excited to do, 
really nervous to do, but all the, all the TikTok teachers are starting to get their classrooms ready and starting to talk about going back to school, and it's honestly made me more excited to student teach than nervous, so I'm actually really looking forward to it where, where before I was kind of dreading it, so that's a good place I'm getting to a good place to, you know, go into that and start that, but still got some college kid things to finish up first, so that's on the agenda, um, but that's pretty much it for me, and you'll hear more about what I've been reading and what I've been watching later in the episode, but for now, let's dive right into the catch-up. So, like I mentioned, first things first, um, it's a double feature Friday, which means that Barbie and Oppenheimer are both coming out today. They've just been released, and I'm sure you're so excited to see them. <laughs> um, Barbie is directed by Greta Gerwig. That makes it a really anticipated film, as well as it being a movie about probably the most popular doll of all time, and I'm really, really excited. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there that I'm not the hugest Margot Robbie fan, but from what I've seen of Barbie, all the promotion, all the interviews, all that stuff, um, it looks really, really good, um, and I'm really excited to see it, um, if you're wondering about me when I'll be seeing these movies, um, I'm going this Sunday for a double feature, so I'm going to see Oppenheimer, and then I'm going to see Barbie, and then next week we will be able to talk about it, I'll be able to give you my thoughts, um, and I'm kind of trying to decide if it's going to be spoiler free, or if I'm just going to, like, talk about what happened in the movie, so if you have any thoughts or opinions on that, be sure to let me know, like, on my Instagram, DM me, leave a comment, anything, um, and I'll definitely take you guys' thoughts into consideration. Um, but yeah, Barbie, really anticipated film for the summer, and, you know, it's just been so, so marketed everywhere, um, like, they really, really pushed the marketing, and, um, so I think everyone is really pumped to see it, um, I would say that I'm equally as pumped to see Oppenheimer, which is a Christopher Nolan film, it stars Killian Murphy, um, and of course, Emily Blunt's in it, you know I'm here for that, um, and I've actually heard a lot of good things about this movie too, I've heard it's really stunning, and just really good, of course, it's about Robert Oppenheimer and the creation of the atomic bomb, so it's definitely a more serious-toned movie, um, and, I mean, as Christopher Nolan films typically are, um, but I'm really excited to see it, and I've heard that Emily Blunt's performance is scene-stealing, and, you know, there's people saying, oh, Oscar nominee, Oscar nominee, which, you know what I say to that, it's about time, so <laughs> we'll see, um, and I'll be sure to give you my thoughts on that movie as well, um, but as for that, I feel like it's a good time to a to address the writer strike, um, and if people are curious about that, or if you don't, like, 
understand what's going on or you don't know any details, like, I will be glad to inform you, um, with my knowledge in, uh, in plain terms, I guess, um, but, you know, just talking about big blockbuster films that have had huge promotion, it really brings it to mind, um, but if you don't know, um, a lot of the writers who are members of SAG-AFTRA have been striking for months now, um, just because, um, writers for television shows, movies, you know, they are not being compensated for their work um, in a way that is adequate and enough for them to live off of, which has come to be, like, extremely ridiculous because, like, if you think about it, none of these movies would exist, none of these shows would exist, none of these other people, actors, directors, producers, anyone on a set anyone involved in creating a movie, cinematographers, you know, like, all those people would be jobless without the writers that, that create what is needed in order to produce these TV shows and these films, and, um, of course, writers love what they do for the most part, and they want to keep doing it, um, but unfortunately, a lot of them cannot sustain their lifestyles, they can't, they can't write as their job and maintain a lifestyle that is (laughs) fit for living, um, so they have been on strike for a while, um, and you might have heard about it in previous months, but it is really picked up here recently because SAG-AFTRA has gone on strike, which is the Screen Actors Guild Association. Um, you've probably heard, like, of the SAG Awards we talked about before and how those are really important to the actors. Like, we talked about how those awards are really important to the actors because it's, it's voted on by members of SAG, which are the actors and writers and directors and people with SAG cards. Um, And we also talked about how easy it is to get a SAG card and, like, what you have to do to get one in previous episodes. You know, just, like, starring in a commercial or being in an episode of, like, Law & Order. Like, that's how people get their SAG cards all the time. Um, And actors have to have them, pretty much, to act um, because films and TV shows have to be registered with SAG-AFTRA for the most part to be created, to be marketed, to be distributed, all that good stuff. SAG-AFTRA is just like the main association that is funneling all these projects into one place. Of course, there are indie films and stuff like that that are not produced with SAG, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, But... For the most part, everything is registered with SAG, and so SAG-AFTRA decided to join the strike and support the actors, which means um, no actors or anyone can promote films, can you know discuss them publicly, can do interviews, can continue producing a project. Like filming has been halted, 
past, present, future projects can no longer be promoted. All of that has come to a halt. You know, it's a strike until something changes with the CEOs in Hollywood, with these big companies that are in charge of paying the people in the industry and that have the ability to change the issue that the writers are having. And so, yeah, that kind of changes everything. Um, Primarily, you know, projects being filmed and stuff like that. But also, you know, the Emmy nominations just came out. None of those actors can launch an Emmy campaign. Um, And it's also very likely that the Emmys are going to get postponed because they can't, you know, promote those projects. They can't show the trailers. They can't talk about it, you know. Um, So they're probably going to get postponed. And that's why I didn't really feel the need to cover um, what's going on, like who got nominated, all that stuff, because I think it is going to be something that we're going to be worrying about or (laughs) focusing on a little bit later um but you never know things could change quickly and that'd be fantastic but um it seems unlikely the the negotiations have been unsuccessful thus far but a lot of big names a-listers are getting involved in striking and it's been really good to see um but yeah that is what's going on in hollywood if you needed a little breakdown on it that's my knowledge and that's kind of what I have to say about it, um, but, yeah, back to what I was saying, Barbie Oppenheimer coming out today, hope you enjoy them, hope you plan to see them, um, because that'll make this week's catch-up and next week's catch-up so much more fun for you, um, and as for what the movies are looking like, um, Barbie is projected to gross 95 to 110 million dollars, in this opening weekend in the box office and some people actually expect it to go as high as 140 million dollars and then Oppenheimer is projected to open with 50 million which is a lot less um but it makes sense because Barbie is more of a movie that's being marketed to everyone children teenagers adults Everyone is said to, like, enjoy this film. It's lighthearted. It's summery. And then you have Oppenheimer, which is, like, serious. Pretty much only adults are going to be seeing it. Um, It's rated R. It's a heavy topic. So that makes sense. Um, But I think Christopher Nolan and all these actors, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., all of them have pull as well. So it'll be interesting to see if those numbers ring true next week. But yeah, get out there, see your movies, um, and support the writers, <laughs> um, because they, they made these movies happen, and they make every movie happen, so we hope to see some success with the writer's strike, um, but yeah, in that same realm of movie topic, um, There is a movie that is continuing production because it is technically an indie film. It's not registered with SAG. Um, And that is Mother Mary, which is an A24 film, which A24 has become a lot bigger in recent years, but is still an indie, unSAG-related production company. Um, And it seems to adequately adequately pay its writers. Um, And so its projects are being 
are moving right along, which the one that is in production right now is David Lowry's Mother Mary. Um, it's a movie about pop stardom, um, and it's so basically been given a SAG interim agreement to keep filming, um, just because it's an independent project, like I mentioned. Um, and if you haven't heard about this movie, it stars Anne Hathaway, Michaela Cole, and Hunter Schaefer, so it'll be interesting to see if there's any, uh, media coverage of this, filming, you know, paparazzi photos, that kind of stuff. Um, just because it's one of the only projects moving forward right now that, it, you know, has big names attached to it. Um, and because this, um, movie is, like, about a pop star and Hathaway is playing the pop star, um, and Michaela Cole is playing the designer. I'm not sure who, like, a designer for the pop star. And then also attached to that project are Charlie XCX and Jack Antonoff because it's a pop star film. There's going to be music um, and they are writing all the original songs for the film. So that'll be super cool. And I look forward to hearing them whenever that movie eventually comes out, which I'm expecting maybe like later next year, something like that. But yeah, let's see what else to talk about, guys. Um, One of the other biggest things that I feel like everyone is talking about right now is Miranda Lambert's outburst at her concert. Um, I feel like that is the one of the biggest things I've been seeing people talk about literally everywhere. And, you know, everyone has their opinion on it. And, you know, I've got to get in there and share mine. But I feel like it's a complicated a lot of people kind of see this like cut and dry, but to me, it's more of a complicated issue, I feel like. Um, so if you don't know, Miranda Lambert was on stage singing her song Tin Man, I believe, and these women were, you know, standing up in a group taking like flash photos with her in the background, and Miranda like asked them to stop her band to stop playing, and she addresses the women, and she says, quote, These girls are worried about their selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit, unquote. And so that's basically the gist of it. She said a little bit more um, about how it was upsetting her. But it's so weird. Um, A lot of people were like, she's so right for that. Like, these girls are being annoying. People at the concert came out and said, you know, they were standing up before the concert even started, taking photos, and continued into her singing, still taking photos. It's frustrating, it's distracting to other people, yada, yada, yada. And then, so, you know, people are defending her. And then other people are saying, you know, it's unprofessional, um, these women paid so much money, They're, they were not drunk, like, or being, you know, rude and loud, like people were saying, and they have the right to do whatever they want at the concert, Miranda needs to chill, blah, blah, blah. Those are kind of the two sides of it. Um, if you don't know me, you probably wouldn't know that I'm an Enneagram 9, which I am, which means that they kind of, you know, Enneagram 9's like we kind of see all sides of everything, we kind of try to remain impartial, um, and so when it's, like, a situation like this, I definitely see both sides, um, 
but I think, ugh, gosh, I don't know. I think I lean more on the side of the concert goers rather than on the side of Miranda Lambert just because I do think it was kind of an unprofessional way to handle the situation. Like, do I think that the women were going to continue taking photos for the rest of the concert? No, I don't think that they would have done that, I think. You know, they were going to stop getting, you know, they just want to get their little photo up for their Instagram, and then they're going to enjoy the music. I mean, people talked about how these women were, you know, this was in Las Vegas, and so the women were there at, like, bottle service tables. They spent probably thousands of dollars to be in the seats that they were in. You know, they obviously enjoy her music, but they're going to pay that much to listen to her live, so, like... They weren't going to be taking photos the whole time. I think she could have, you know, just been annoyed privately to herself, which is fine. Like, you can be annoyed at them for doing that. But I don't think it needed to be addressed. I think it would have resolved itself, you know. Were people around them annoyed? Maybe. But they they would have got over it eventually and forgotten all about it. And the whole world wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> you know, like, it's just... I don't know, it's just not cool. And I think it just makes the experience weird for other people because then you're looking at the artist being like, oh, they're so annoyed at those people. And then you're looking at those people like, oh, are they going to stop? Or, well, now they're talking even louder because they just got called out. Or now they want to leave because they just got called out, you know? I just think it's a weird situation. And, of course, they did spend all that money and, like, obviously appreciate Miranda's music and... She's like, I just came here to play some country music. Like, y'all need to listen to me sing, basically. And it's like, obviously they're going to do that. But they want to commemorate it with a picture, you know? Like, and, of course, the picture's been all over the internet and everything. But, um, and I think it's kind of started to blow over now. Especially because Miranda's uh, PR team has not addressed it at all. Nor has she. Um, but yeah. I think it's a super weird situation that did not have to happen. <laughs> that's my opinion. Um, what else has been going on that's kind of crazy? Um, everyone's getting divorced. That's something crazy that's going on. So, Vio Vergara is getting divorced. Ariana Grande is apparently separated from her husband. Um, and then even crazier, I heard that Ariana is already dating one of her wicked co-stars, which... There is just a lot coming out about her and her marriage and all of that. Um, but yeah, apparently her ex or her husband, Dalton Gomez, is like reportedly devastated. Um, one, a representative for him said, quote, A separation is not what he wanted. He wanted the fairy tale happy ending and it's not looking that way. Unquote. So, clearly... Dalton Gomez is not happy with getting a divorce, but, um, it happened, or it's happening. I think, as of right now, they're just, um, separated, but then, of course, news is coming out that Ariana is dating her co-star, Ethan Slater, following the split from Dalton. So, just, uh, I mean, do I have an opinion on this? No, not really. So, I'm kind of blowing through it, but <laughs> I do think it is weird, um, 
and I would honestly be surprised if her dating her, her co-star is true, but who knows, you know, let's keep an eye on that, and let's hope that no more celebrities get divorces, <laughs> because that is not what we want, people, we don't, we don't want more divorces, um, another crazy thing going on is, um, Gigi Hadid was arrested, um, for possession of marijuana in the Cayman Islands, and I just think this is silly. Everyone's like, come on, like, this is so stupid, like, whatever. But I'm just like, you know, they're like, she had, all the, all the reports are saying, like, that she had, um, you know, a permit or whatever to have this weed with her or whatever, but it's like, be realistic, okay? If marijuana is not legal to have in your possession in that country, why are we bringing it with us, Gigi? You know? Silly, silly girl. Um, but apparently, you know, she, she paid her bail, whatever, and her, the rest of her trip was enjoyable and lovely, and I'm really happy for her. But of course, that's what every, everyone's talking about in the news, um, but Gigi, I hope all is well. I hope you weren't traumatized by being arrested, and I hope you will consider this next time you travel to another country. (laughs) Um, and then these last two pieces of news I have, I don't know why I saved them for last, but I just feel like they're the goofiest. Um, number one being that (laughs) Britney Spears and Will I Am are apparently collabing on a song called Mind Your Business which I love the title. I'm excited to hear the song. Mind Your Business sounds fantastic. Song of the rest of the summer, you know? But what really baffles me is the photo of them. They're, like, wearing these, like, hoodies. Or maybe Brittany's wearing a leather jacket. I can't really tell. But what I can tell is that this is a picture from 2003. Literally, it's a picture from a photo shoot she did in 2003, which is so bizarre. Like, why are we not using a new photo? I just don't understand that. And that's what makes it so silly to me. <laughs> the promotion looks fake. Like, I won't believe this song is real until I hear it. Because the promotion doesn't look real. It looks like somebody on Twitter Photoshop edited it. And it doesn't exist. So, <laughs> we'll... I don't know. I'm feeling negative in these, in these last couple <laughs> stories. But what can I say? I have a right to be negative. I'm just kidding. Um, but it just, everything just seems so silly to me. Um, and the last and probably most silly story that I have for you today is that Taylor Lautner announced that we have been pronouncing his name wrong all of this time. He says his name is actually Taylor Lautner, which sounds absolutely ridiculous after decades of saying Taylor Lautner, you know? Um, and he said, quote, it is my fault. Nobody knows how it's actually pronounced because I never corrected anybody for decades, unquote. Which I understand you, Taylor. Like, when people say your name wrong, you're just like, yeah, (laughs) that's me, totally. Like, I've been there. 
I have been there. You just let them say it wrong sometimes because it's just embarrassing. And then it snowballs and then they always call you that. And somehow your name is Brittany and this person you've known for years is calling you Whitney the whole time. You know, like I understand that process, but I, I kind of hate the narrative of celebrities doing this. Like, I feel like this happens all the time. Like, didn't I, I feel like I literally talked about someone else. Like, I want to say it was Adele. If I'm, if it wasn't Adele, correct me. And if it was Adele, I'm sorry, because I'm still saying Adele the same way that I've always said it. But I just don't, it's just so weird to me, this narrative of them being like, actually, that's not how you say my name. And I never corrected anyone until now in this moment, 20 years later, when I'm correcting everyone. Like, why? Just let it go. You know, you didn't correct anyone for 20 years. And now you're making it awkward. Like, why didn't you just say a long time ago? Because now I got to decide if I'm going to call you Taylor Lautner or Taylor Lautner. And I'm going to call you Taylor Lautner, but I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel bad. That was so serious for no reason. I'm sorry, Taylor. I'm going to call you Taylor Lautner. I promise. And next time when I talk about him and I say Taylor Lautner, weeks, months, whenever from now, and you guys are going to be like, you said you were going to say Lautner and you still said it wrong. (sighs) I know, guys. I know. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone, Taylor included. Um, but yeah, those are all the stories I had today. I really enjoyed them. And now let's get into the goods. What am I reading? What am I watching? First, let's talk about what I'm watching. Me and my mom have been watching season two of Cruel Summer together. And I'm liking it, but it's it's so freeform, you know? The couples don't have chemistry. It makes me feel awkward. But I want to know what happens in the story. So I'll continue watching until the end of the season. Um, do I like it as much as the first season? Mm, I don't think so. And me and my mom were talking about this, like, when this, like, traumatic thing happens to the character, and they, you know, like, if you don't watch the show, basically, it follows the characters in one summer, and then that winter, and then the next summer. Like, it goes between those three times. And always in the last summer, you know, they've been through something traumatic in the past year. And they've completely changed the way they look. They cut all their hair off. Or they slick back their hair into a mullet and have a nose ring and wear black eyeshadow and eyeliner. It's like, is that necessary? Like, is that the way that we're showing traumatic events happen? Like, it's just weird, you know? Like, can't they just act different? Do they have to look emo now? Like, it's just so weird. That's that's my number one complaint with the show. And every time I see the girl, I'm just like, <laughs> um, but other than that, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I do want to know what happens. I really do. And then the other show that I've been deeply invested in by myself is Downton Abbey. I've literally been binge watching it. I just started in the past week, and I've already watched season one. Like I was like watching it and I realized I was on season two and I was like wait what um it's so good it's like the way I've described it is if a soap opera were set in the early 20th century and it was just written 
slightly better, you know? It's slightly better than a soap opera. Like, it's so dramatic. There's always something going on. There's so many characters. You're always like, wait, what? And then there's always, like, people gossiping. Like, it's so soap opera, but it's better. It's so good. I'm obsessed. And I looked on Twitter, and everyone is obsessed with Mary. And she irks me so bad. But she's starting to grow on me a little. So I guess I'll get to where everyone is obsessed with her. But right now, she just bothers me. She's just like the most like elitist, classist one out of all of them. And it drives me nuts, okay? Except for Lady Violet, um, Maggie Smith's character. She's definitely more elitist and classist and racist and nationalist more than any other character but mary it's like girl be like sybil sybil is a queen sybil loves politics sybil wants to know about rights for women sybil wants to have a job sybil wants to be helpful in the war sybil likes branson the driver like sybil got pants did i already say that i love sybil my favorite character is definitely anna um, she's one of the, uh, maids, like, the housemaids, and she's just the best, she's the sweetest, she's the most helpful, she's the most understanding, she can keep everybody's business to herself, like, she doesn't gossip, I love her, she's the best one, and her invades, oh god, I just love them, but I did just watch the part where she, like, confessed her love to him, and he, like, didn't say I love you back, and I just felt really weird about that. Something tells me they'll get there, you know? But my number number my number one fatal flaw with this show is like nothing can stop me from looking up how many episodes each character is in. And when there is a character I hate, number one character I hate, Thomas. He's my enemy. He's evil. And imagine how I felt. When I looked up and saw that Thomas is in all 52 episodes. Imagine how I felt. Horrible. So I've got to stop doing that. I've got to stop doing that. Every time there's a new character, I'm like, how long are they in this? Like, that is spoiling it. Just, you already know things you don't want to know, you know? But I love the show. And I'll be talking about it until I'm done with it. Like, I'm obsessed. I watch it every single day. Haven't watched it yet today, so it's coming. So that's what I've been watching, and I'm loving it, having a great time, um, but I've also been reading a pretty good bit, um, just for my personal enjoyment, I've been reading Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto, and it is so good. If you've heard of the book, like, Dial A for Aunties, or Aunties, it's same author, it's fabulous, it's funny. It's well written. It is easy to read. Interesting. The characters are real. Like, not actually real, but like they seem real. And it's just so good. I'm loving it. I'm about halfway through. And I'm I'm just invested. I love it. It's so fun. But it's not like stressful, which I needed. <laughs> and I need to break from romance. I need to break from thrillers. So I'm just loving that. And then, like I mentioned, I'm doing... um some classwork still, and I have to do a novel study where I had to pick a novel for 8th graders, so this is definitely 
a lower like a reading level book but if you know any sixth to eighth graders maybe even ninth or tenth graders that need a sweet little read like you want to buy an eighth grader book get them a kind of spark by ellie mcnichol um it is so cute i'm 54 percent into it um and it's about a girl with autism um who learns about the scottish witch trials and she becomes really invested and she wants to like create a memorial for her village because there was like all these witches or presumed witches who died there and it's just a really good book and it has like a lot of lessons that I think are great for young people and I think it's a really teachable book for students so I'm excited to keep reading it I'll probably finish it in the next couple days I've been reading it for two days and not even that much and I'm halfway done so I'm looking forward to see how that wraps up and you know just seeing how I can teach it to students and incorporate it um you know, because it has a lot of things for them to learn socially and emotionally, and, you know, I think it's a really digestible book for them, and I'm excited to work with it a little more and keep reading it, but I have blabbed on for so many minutes, so I think I'm gonna call it a day there, um, but I just want to thank you so much for listening, I'm so happy to catch up with you, I can't wait to talk all things Barbie Oppenheimer and all the drama next week. I look so forward to it, and we will talk soon.